Hello, you're listening to the Manifested Cis Podcast, a safe space for women of color to heal, get aligned, and learn all things spirituality, manifesting, self-care, and personal development. I'm your host, Danny Faust. I'm a psychic intuitive, energy healer, and life coach that helps you shift your energy to manifest your dopest life with more ease and grace. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to episode number 42 of the Manifest It Sis podcast. Today, my guest is Tony Jones. Listen, I legit fangirl over this woman on this episode. I have been listening to her every morning for I don't even know how long. And I, I'm just obsessed. I don't know what to say, y'all. Her music is amazing. If you haven't heard of her, you are going to be so glad that you listened to this podcast because I'm going to change your auditory life. <laughs> Actually, she will change your auditory life. Tony Jones served for six years as a life coach and mental health advocate for women and youth. Now she's an affirmation musician. She found creative ways to promote the message of conscious well-being through her music. She started making music as a tool for her life coaching clients to practice healing on the go. But after a great response from her first album, she decided to make music her full-time thing. She has since released five projects, Affirmation for the Grown-Ass Women, Affirmations and Chill, I See Me Mantras, and Get Your Mind Right, the mental health mixtape. Tony's music is healing music. She coined it as affirmation music. It's affirmations set to modern music, which is different from the traditional way of saying affirmations and mantras that are usually set to relaxing new age music. By creating affirmations to modern music, this allows the listeners to ride, be on the go and vibe, dance to the music while still reciting the healing words. You guys, I am super excited to introduce you to this woman. Her vibe was so chill. <laughs> she felt like her music. And I feel like you're going to enjoy her vibe as well. So we're going to hop into this episode in just a sec. But first, I want to let you know that I have something just for you, only for podcast listeners, and only for the first 40 women who take me up on this offer. If you use the code podcast at bit.ly slash MMM forever, you'll be able to get the money manifesting magic class for 444 versus 555. You're saving $111 with the code podcast. So feel free to hop over and grab it today. This is the class that has shifted the money mindset of so many powerful individuals. In it, we reprogram your limiting money beliefs. We rewrite your money story. We do healing energy work and we literally shift your energy into the resonance with the abundance that you desire. We, it's a magical class. <laughs> you'll see when you go and look at the testimonials on the page, um, you'll see how magical it is. If you are on the go right now, just check out the show notes. The link is there. And again, the code just for you podcast listeners is podcast. And that'll save you 111 bucks. All right. Now we're hopping into this episode with Tony Jones. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And with that, let's welcome to the show, Tony Jones. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Danny. How are you? Hi. I'm fantastic. And I'm so honored Good. to have you on here. You're my fanciest guest to date. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everyone's going to absolutely fall in love with you the same way I did. I start most of the episodes the same way, asking one powerful question, which is what does manifesting? What does manifesting mean to me? Okay. As of right now, what manifesting means to me is being the vibration of the desire. It's the embodiment of, it's the energetic embodiment of the desire. You know, it's not the way that I was introduced to manifestation was wishful type of approach. But now it's about being the energetic embodiment of the desire that you wish to bring forth into this reality. So that's what manifesting is to me. I love that. And because you opened the door, I got to walk through it. So how were you introduced <laughs> to 
manifesting? Because I know a lot of people come to that hopeful, wishy kind of mm -hmm. um, definition of manifesting through things like the secret. How were you introduced to manifesting? Well, that's what that's what it was. It was wow. literally that documentary called The Secret. And I was just like, these concepts resonate so much. But in as much as I guess enlightening the documentary, you know, was it's it for me, it just was just an introduction. It didn't give me a curriculum on how to actually go about adopting and translating these ideas and concepts into practice. You know, it was just like I just got excited and developed a zeal about knowing that there was another way to you know, this game of life. Yes, I love that. So it, it was like an introduction. And what was it that brought you from that little taste that it gave you into understanding like, oh, this is all vibes and I got to match it so I can get it. I mean, life, right? <laughs> all right. Shoot, life just, I mean, my great grandmother used to say, you keep living, you're going to keep learning, you know? And so I think that's what like brought me to the understanding and it, my understanding is continuously expanding and growing but essentially it was life that taught me how to like go from the zeal to the understanding to the embodiment you know I love this and I gotta say like I'm low-key fangirling right now because as you were talking oh. I felt like I had a beat in my head and it was just like <laughs> is this the next song what's going on oh my goodness you have this cadence to how you speak and I'm digging it okay thank you so okay you started your manifestation journey with a secret but tell us about your 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 general life flow you do this beautiful affirmation music everyone loves it we're getting our entire life and we see you as the embodiment of that person who's helping us with that. What helped you with your journey? How, where did you start? And like, even not just manifesting, but spirituality at large. What helped me with my journey, I would have to say just, just being honest with myself, you know, just being authentic with myself, like not lying to myself. Like once I'm aware, it's like, there's no outwitting mm. that truth of what I am aware of. That is what's helped me throughout my journey. You know, it's scary. I mean, it's scary to watch people who think they're so aware of themselves. And because the thing about it is relationships are, is what actually helps you reflect you back to you. Right. And I've watched people who don't allow that to happen. And I get scared of that, meaning mm. like I don't because it's like there's this private, silent, like how can how can you say stronghold? It's this private, silent stronghold that keeps them in the dark of themselves. Mm. And I'm like, so for me, I've always felt this conviction when I witness that in people, you know, you know, relationships or with people, I'm just like, it's not even about taking the opportunity to judge them or show them them. It's like, oh my God, I could be like that too. Mm. I wonder what bullshit I'm believing that's keeping me from seeing myself because I don't want to be conscious and think I know about myself and know all this knowledge and understanding, but still allowing the stronghold of self-deception keep me from yes. seeing myself. You know, because when you grow and expand, there's certain, there's clues to your growth. There's clues to expansion, you know? And when I'm not experiencing those clues, I'm always able to be like, okay, God, show me me. Cause I'm, this is, I feel like I'm here. I feel like I'm very aware. I think, I feel like I know a lot, but God still show me me. Like I'm humble enough to know that there could be some blind spots. Don't allow me, don't leave me to myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's what's helped me along my journey is that the authenticity with my divine self and to know that there is an all-seeing divine eye that sees all more than I see, you know, with my own intellect or ego and consciousness. You know, that's, I would have to say that has been a core catalyst to my journey. I love that. It feels like, 
you know, show me me. Okay, here's a new layer. It feels like every time you would ask that question, you will always be shown something. There's a Pandora box. Yeah, Pandora box where you don't see or aren't revealed a new layer. And it's scary and beautiful. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, like I'm ready to see. Show me. Here we go. And no matter what, we can go through it and and live to it, or we just stay on the same loop, running the same over and over. Um, For sure. So you sound very with it, very conscious, very spiritual. Tell us about your journey to that. Like, take us back to young Tony, old Tony, before before this oh, man. capacity, Tony. And let yeah. us know what, what brought you from there to here. The old Tony. <laughs> the young Tony. Let's see. I was a I was a church girl. You know, I was on fire for the Lord. You know, I was trying to save souls for the Christian army. <laughs> That's that was and it was very much a passion. I loved it. It wasn't because I felt like I have to do this to be a great Christian or because there's a hell. It was like I loved like sharing the gospel with other people because of how it made me feel. So it was like I want other people to feel this type of liberation and excitement about their soul as much as I am, you know? So it was like, I felt like I had to share, you know? And so, I don't know. It was just like, it was like these points in my life where it was just these questions, which I call sacred inquiry, where Mm. you start to, where it's something that happens to where you start to just be curious about how much is true and how much is not true you know what I'm saying yeah. and so that yeah, led to yeah awakening of sorts and that just led me on this path of seeking you know one of the things that I pride myself on is seeking like I'm not someone that's just gonna sit and be like okay this is the way it's gonna be and no I'm, I have a, a seeker's heart you know, and so for me, it's that has led me from going from one level to another level, awakening to another, awakening character, building upon character, mindset, evolving my mindset, emotional intelligence to another level, emotional intelligence. I the level, I guess the the vastness of my capacity to hold space for growth is it's impressive to me because I don't know where I got it from. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how did I not get stuck in my ways? Like, how did I continue to grow in this way? But I would say that my foundation was, you know, I don't shame it because it's the foundation of my moral compass, if you will, you know? And so for me, it was a matter of my journey just being curious and wanting to grow, you know? And it got me to a point of, just opening my mind to learn, to read, to seek out and to search. But, you know, essentially it started with the church. It started with the church for sure. Yeah. I really love that you say you don't, you don't shame it. You don't condemn it because I yeah, see not so many women who are on a, a more new thought, new conscious, new paradigm type of, um, thinking and spirituality are are operating and they look back at their time in the church as like oh I can't believe I spent so much time believing that or like oh my gosh I had the wool over my eyes and it's it sometimes makes me sad because I I didn't grow up in the church so I don't have that connection or any unlearning to do but it kind of sometimes makes me sad like that's a part of your story so and you know that's a part of your building block so I'm glad that you embrace it as like this is where it started you started from over here and now, you know, I've leveled up in multiple ways. I love it. So in your bio, we mentioned that you started as a life coach and uh, a mental health expert or advocate. And now you're doing this affirmation music sidebar. You were saving souls as a kid for, you know, God's army, but now you're saving souls in a whole new musical way. Like I know it's, I thing. see the, the continuity. Yes. So you're living your purpose from then to now, but I want to know about your transition from doing the mental health advocacy to the music. Like that's, I know we have a lot of creatives who listen to this, to this podcast and are probably like, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. I want to live in my creative slash spiritual truth. How can I? Yeah. I hear your story. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I remember, I don't know, I was so dramatic and I still am dramatic. Um, <laughs> I've accepted that. Uh, but I, I remember in 2012 and the school that I was about to go back to, I was about to go back to school to get my bachelor's degree in psychology. And when they told me how many years that it was going to take for me to graduate, I think it was like two and a half years. I was just, because I had all my credits transfer and because I had been out of school for years. And so when they told me I had two and a half years, I'm like, why didn't I do two and a half years, two and a half years ago? Why didn't I do it five years ago? Why didn't I do it eight years ago? What have I been doing for 10 years? Mm. And I had been just, I looked at my life and I was like, man, for 10 years, I have just only been working on trying to make a relationship with men work. Mm. And when I saw that, I was like, and I didn't have nothing to show for it. I didn't have nothing to show for it. Like, I was just like, dang, I'm empty in every way. Like none of all of that did, didn't even matter. None of those guys, it was just like, and I just realized, oh, I have to, what would it look like if I used all that energy towards with those men? What if I used it towards my life? And so I went back to school to get my degree in psychology. Psychology put me on game on like, how my behavior, how my patterns, how my life experiences are impacted by my childhood, my mindset, my thought pathology, and so on. And so I knew then that I wanted to start a, a company that helped women understand their psychology and how that can help them heal from workaholism, you know? And so for five to six and a half years, I built this business, wellness business during the boss bitch era, you know, where it's all about being bossy and making money. And I'm talking about self-care and self-love and mental health. So it was very challenging. It was deeply challenging for me because this wasn't part of the culture yet. This was not in our social media timelines. You know, so self-care and self-love was something on the back burner. That was something you got to like on a vacation or something. And so I was ultimately, you know, helping, you know, young people in high schools understand their mindset. I was taking on coaching clients to help them with their psychology and mental health. And I was doing events and I created so much online programming. I used to have a program and an ebook called Mindset Styling you know, to help people like actually style their mindset, kind of like a, a parallel of fashion styling. And I so it. I ended up in 2018, fast forward to 2018, I just kind of got burnt. And I won't even say burnt out. I was just tired. Over I just it. felt like I was just kind of like, yeah, this is not hitting the way that I would want it to hit financially, emotionally, spiritually. My clients are really depending on me to do their emotional labor work and their internal work. So I was like, I don't, I don't, and I was still like, you know, trying to recover from people pleasing, you know, and I needed to do some more work to recover from that. So that people pleasing mm -hmm. spilled over into my client, you know, client, client, you know, relationship. And so I just got on my knees and I prayed. I'm like, God, you got to give me something to create, you know, to help women understand that they can practice well-being and healing and integrate it into their life, their high active lifestyle. And that's when I never forget when I got the download, it was affirmation music. And so when I got that download, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So then I Googled it and no one had coined that phrase. So I was like, oh Yet. my God, I get to do this, you? you know? And so I started to like, listen to other artists that were kind of doing something similar. And I'm just like, this is not bopping the way that I wanted to bop. It wasn't hitting it. I mean, there were positive, powerful words, but it just, the production wasn't there. Sonically, it wasn't there. Lyrics, it just wasn't poetic enough. It didn't feel authentic. It felt performative. And so I was just like, I'm going to do this. You know, so I ended up going to California, taking all my journals, all my writings, the things that I wrote down from the retreats and spiritual programs that I've taken over the years. And I took all those writings and I went to California for a month and wrote affirmations for the grown ass woman. And I wrote nine songs to represent the nine months it takes for a woman to create a human being, because mm. I wanted women to push play on this album to be able to grow and develop the woman of their dreams inside out. 
And so after a month being in California, wrote the album, came back to Michigan, applied for a loan, and I got in the studio. And that was when it was like, oh, this is something like, but I, but essentially, I mean, I still, my intentions was to create this for my clients. It wasn't to actually become a musician. Oh, wow. And so that journey was a whole nother, you know, a whole nother journey. So, I'm listening. Come on, oh, tell us. Okay. So, so yeah, in 2019, you know, as soon as I released affirmations for the grown ass woman during Women's History Month, all hell broke loose. Everything that I considered normal. Like I say in my album, in one of my albums, like, you know, my pandemic was internal first. Mm, yes. My 2020 will happen in 2019. So, it, I mean, even people close to me were like saying, Tony, you experienced the pandemic before everybody else did. I was like, I know. I was like, it's ironic. And so I was at home. I didn't have nothing to do. Like I was my job. I was on leave. Like I ended up being in the hospital because oh, I was on suicide watch. It was just oh, a yeah. lot that happened. Oh, yeah, it was deep. I mean, I'm a lo- leaving out a lot of juicy details, but these I are wish like, you wouldn't. Like, Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, but I mean, it was just the, you know, to just give you, I mean, I'm still giving details. It was heavy. It was was a lot that went down. And so I ended up having to get rid of 80% of my belongings, get rid of my home. Mm. I moved back with family. Like I mean, for three and a half months, the end of 2019, I was like sleeping in my parents' bed because Mm. I was just so, I was like really shocked mentally and internally and spiritually from the acceleration of awareness that happened I saw so much about myself I saw so much about the world I saw so much about the life I created and the friends that I have trauma bonded with and it was just so much that's where I see me mantras came from you know the album I see me mantras and so you know I had to ask myself, you know, the divine asked me actually, you know, who would you be if there was no money? What would you do if all world problems were solved? Where would your value lie then in your life? Mm. And so I had to rediscover who I am if I was my only client, if I was the world to save, you know? And I had to literally like crawl to realize my identity outside of the identity I've built for 30 something years, you know? And so, you know, for a while, like just eating fruit or brushing my teeth or taking my shower was my purpose. It was like, I had to crawl back into living my life from a place that satisfied me first. And so, yeah, so that's when I'll say in, 20 October 2020 on World Mental Health Day was when I closed my coaching business down and said I was going to go into full-time music. So 2021 was my first full year as a musician. And so the rest is history. Wow. That's a beautiful story. And I don't know if you've noticed, you've always been ahead of the curve. Like you've been, so when you were back in the church, you were trying to save souls, pulling, you know, pulling in in a Mm -hmm. new paradigm for yourself and others. Then Mm -hmm. with school, you were ahead of the curve, looking back at the potential, I don't know if failure is a good word to use, but the Mm -hmm. the relationships that you focused on, you were still ahead of the paradigm, pulling in this new world for yourself and then for your clients. Mm -hmm. And then as a coach, pulling in this new paradigm again for yourself and for your clients, hopping into the music. I know you said it was for your for your clients, but op- mm-hmm. ultimately it was for your growth and your like next level mm-hmm. up. You're just going up this damn stair step. I don't know mm-hmm. if you recognize it, like looking back at your, at your growth and at, at your, your history pattern, but it's like, you've always been a step ahead. And then even what you ex- expressed as your, the awakening, when you were shown so much so quickly, I've heard that from so many people who have these, who ask to be shown, like, you know, maybe they've hit some type of rock bottom and they're like, okay, God, just, just show me all the truth. I'm ready mm-hmm. for it. No one's ready for it. We're never ready for it. It's ugly, mm-hmm. it's scary, it's crazy. It's like, oh my God, I fucked up everything. And you feel like it's just mess. But that's still you being a step ahead because there's so many people who are still like this, not even 
ready to oh sorry yeah. everyone listening I covered my eyes <laughs> sorry who are covering their eyes and just and plugging their ears and not really wanting to see so like kudos to you for even being open to that I don't know if you feel like you're normal but that's not normal shit and for everyone listening if you are in a space where you feel like yes I'm ready to be shown I'm ready to see know hear be guided be led please know it might not be as cutesy as it seems on Instagram. It might be hard and dark and snotty crying and feeling broken and not wanting to eat and all kinds of dark shit. And mm. as you get as about yourself, and then as you get expanded vision of what's going on in the world, it's dark shit as well. So I just want to lay that out, not to be a, a bad news bear, but just to manage expectations about what the spiritual journey can and, and likely will if you're about it look like for you okay mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. back to you Tony no yeah I know <laughs> I, no yeah I know I have noticed that I mean even my family you know when I did my I used to be married years years ago I was married super young and I did the decorations the whole aesthetic the whole bridal party outfits like the decorations for my open house senior open oh, house oh, graduation oh, open house gotcha. so doing the decorations for that you know different fashion designs and I used to be a stylist and I thought I was going to be a fashion designer and so on when you I was you feel young. very stylish you're wearing thank a hat you. right now thank sis. you I mean <laughs> <laughs> thank you and my family and people who've known me cl like close who've known me for decades they were just like Tony you've always been this way you do something and then it's like the trend next year you do, my mom was like, when you made those purchases in college, literally it was in every like teen magazine or Vogue magazine, like six months later. Like, so, you know, I don't vocalize it to everybody else, but the people who are close to me know that this is what I've always been done. I've always been a trendsetter or a trailblazer, really, you know? Yeah. And so I've accepted that now, like, oh, this is what I do. You know, this is part of my path is always to take that step of being a trailblazer. But you know what? Aries are known for that, though. You know, are the you? first okay. Zodiac of the, the Zodiac family, we're like the first sign of trailblazing. So, yeah. so yeah. You don't feel like a labels type of person, but no. do you, do you <laughs> accept terms like that you're a seer or that you're intuitive? Those type of terms, yeah. do those resonate with you? Cause you feel super psychic and I'm just wondering how much you play with yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not into labels at all, but feel like when I, but when I hear those labels and the terminology and the explanations, they do resonate with me and being intuitive. I've, I will say that I've indulged in that gift intentionally more in the last year than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah, but well, I've always been doing had it unintentionally pulling those timelines in. Oh yeah, like I I realized that I have an emotional, intuitive um, gift. Like I can feel things that people may not feel about themselves, or may not want me to know that they feel about themselves. And so, you know, <laughs> that's gotten me in trouble many a times. You're too honest about it. It's like gotta, I'm too honest about it, or no. I want to control this. I want to control the situations to mm -hmm. help people rush their evolution. Like you know, yeah. so it's just like it's not my job or my role to, to you know, to project my intuition onto someone else. It's like yeah. they have to be. They have to invite me. And so I've, I'll say for the next past year that I've been learning how to be more mature with my intuition you know, and just kind of release the control and let people have their fuck ups, you know, excuse my language, but let them have their here. duet, let them have their duality. They're hot. Like they didn't ask me to show them them, you know, yeah. but the thing about it is the closer you get to me, it's going, it's bound to happen, you know? So I've accepted, I've accepted, you know, people keeping boundaries around me because it's like, the only way you fuck with me is if you're if you're in love with growth. Mm. That's the only way that that's the only way. The only way you fuck with me is if you love yourself, like you're interested in your expansion. You have to at least be interested because if you don't love growth, if you're not interested in your expansion, you will find a story to say this is why I don't fuck with her. And I'm not saying everybody should mess with me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've noticed that that yeah. that is a a trait of people who are consistently 
you know, close to me or want to, you know, bond or connect is like they actually mess with growth and they mess with self-love heavy. Yeah. I love hearing you, hearing a woman speak about herself and her power in such a, this is what it is kind of way. Cause I feel like a lot of people feel like let's small it up and not seem as powerful as we really are. I mean, sometimes I'm going to be honest with you. I have those type of insecurities too. Like real talk. Like I have to let your audience know, even though that this is my state, this is my highest state because I know how to tap into my highest timeline. I still have old timelines that are triggered. You know, I still have these old ways of like to to manage the connection. I have to lower my power like Mm. that comes up for me. You know, I have to in order for me to maintain the connection and the normacy, like it's times where I feel like, oh, I can't hold this boundary. This boundary will crush them. You know, they will create us. You know what I'm saying? And it's usually with the people who are closest to you. You love the most. Yes. We love the most. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like I can I can throw a hard boundary with John or Jane. But like the people that you want to, you don't want to hold boundaries with, you just want to be boundless with, you know, it's, it's the challenge. So I just want to kind of like highlight that, even though I'm exuding this confidence and talking like, you know, I know my power, like, yeah, catch me on the right day. And you'll be like, what happened to Tony? What's going this, on with her? What's going on with her? Like, nah, it's, it's, it's definitely something I've accepted. I have that duality. We have to understand that we are handling and caring and managing and accepting that we have decades of a conditioning that we have to hold and care for. Even though our enlightenment and our awareness has expanded to where we're aware of our higher self, our truer selves, our more divine self, the reality is we have a conditioning that has gotten a lot more intention, a lot more energy, a lot more practice, and, you know, and time in the gym to be strong. You know what I'm saying? So the old timeline has some muscle to it. So just because you become aware and enlightened and you're, you're in this new gem of your divinity, it does not mean that this old self that has had years and years of working out in a gym is not going to pop up. That's, that's why it's so important to be involved, invested, and interested in your practice, if not daily, consistently, you know, because the only way your divinity is going to rule and reign in your life is if you feed it. I was you know? thinking as you were talking about the two gems, those two wolves, and which one's gonna that old um, Native American quote, and it's just like the proverb. Yeah, we all have a good wolf and a bad wolf. The one that wins is the one that gets you know the fed you the most. You know, and there is balance. There is balance, but it's like at the end of the day, I feel like when you feed your divine self your divine self can hold the right, um, the right space for that other side. So that other side doesn't pop up in seasons where it's not supposed to be taking the wheel, you know? So I'm with you. And you mentioned something that I feel is a beautiful segue to your practices, if not daily, then consistent. I love that because it gives people grace to not feel like I must be perfect every morning. For sure. What are your practices, consistent practices that feed you, feed your my, cons- my consistent practice is, okay, my ideal, cons- I'm gonna tell you my ideal consistent practice and I'm okay. gonna tell you my consistent practice. Okay. My ideal consistent practice, daily practice is journaling, drinking my hot cup of tea, going for a walk, doing some yoga, you know, meditating, doing my affirmations. It's just caring for myself, you know, a little facial, you know, that, that will be my, you know, ideal daily practice. But my realistic daily practice is asking myself every morning, how do I feel? How do I want to feel? Yes. And what actions support me feeling that way today? You know, and, you know, and I, and I deep breathe, you know, when I find myself getting caught up in stories or just stuff, I just, 
Yes. You know, it's like, don't underestimate the, the deep breathing. Powerful. So that's my daily, like that's something that I do daily, but the one that I consist, I consistently do is stretching, stretching my body, you know, is important for me as well. I do altar work. Yes. Yes. It's so important for me. I think I've connected to my femininity more. I've been able to bring grievances to the altar in ways that have really helped me create space for what is, you know, because you rituals do you do you practice if you feel um, comfortable sharing? I yeah, yeah. I, some of my altar rituals, a, a candlelight, you know, I write things down. I burn things. Intentions. Yes. Intentions. What's another thing? I use sage, charcoal, herbs, woods, basil leaves. You're um, a whole witch. I love it. I love it. I do worship dancing, like something that's mm. new for me. Really? Um, How'd you get into yeah, that? You know what? It naturally happened. It's something about like being on the floor with candles and flowers. It just feels romantic, sexy, and sensual. It doesn't make yeah. it, the, it doesn't make spirituality feel performative. It makes it feel ceremonial. You know, like I'm about to be intimate with what's going on inside me. Yeah, you know, because we abandon our spirit so much. It's so normalized. We're forced to. You know, and yeah. And we, like, and we don't, we don't talk enough about what spiritual malnourishment looks like practically. Like when I know that malnourishment. I'm not, when, when I'm not, when I'm, when I'm, I, I know when I'm spiritually malnourished, meaning that I'm not getting my daily spiritual intake. I mean, I, I, I start to, it's all type, it's, it shows up in all type of ways. It's consistent. It could be like car accidents. It could be just consistent stuff that just, yeah. it's like energy leaks. Even just your, just like irritability, getting the irritability. wrong, different little things. Yeah, just, like wrong, like, yes, yeah. I know that's, that's what happens for me. And when I read about it, what spiritual malnourishment looks like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like when I'm eating, when I'm not eating right, like I'm not eating clean, like I notice like little cloudiness comes up there's not clarity like so spiritual malnourishment is a real thing so for me altar work helps me take those grievances of like man I gotta let this go I gotta let that go and it's okay but let me create space for myself to create the new you know so but that's one of my head one like one of my heavy consistent practices it may not be daily yeah. But it's definitely a consistent thing of mine. Other rituals, meditation. And meditation, the funny thing about meditation, meditation became something that was like a highlight reel of a practice, right? Like I did this, I'm learning how to meditate. I used to have a meditation mm. app and everything. But then I came across um, one of my elders named Swami. And it was the first time, well, I won't say the first time, but it was definitely a new way of meditating and that I knew then that this was not going to be just a practice. This was about to be a lifestyle, you know? And so when I drop into meditation now, it's so much deeper, it's quicker. It's not a whole bunch of noise. You know, I don't need music to go there, you know? So, so yeah, meditation is another ritual that I bring to the altar as well. I love that. I love all of the practices. And if you guys, if you guys are taking notes, please know that you don't have to do all the things. You mm-hmm. have to do what resonates. And those things can change bit by mm-hmm. bit. And just like just like Tony found her her key for for meditation, you'll find yours as well. I talk about mm-hmm. meditation a lot here and then with clients. And there's always the same stuff about the noise and can't calm my brain, but there's so many different ways to get to it. Mm-hmm. So just know that you'll find yours. Or not. Yes. Or something else will be your meditation. Maybe it'll be journaling or you know, something Absolutely. else will be your thing. And let me and let me lighten it up. Let me lighten it up a little bit. I mean, it's times where I light my candles, I light my altar, and I'll turn Netflix on. Okay. <laughs> and literally, like, or I'll grab my I have these paint brushes and coloring utensils and I'll just draw. Like I have this yes. book 
where I draw energy pets. It's just something I made up in my mind. I'm like, if we had pet energy pets, what would they look like? And I just draw them out, right? And so like things that are playful, light, that feel good, that just help you tap into that, that chi that you had in childhood that was just, just you did it because it felt good and it was fun. So if you don't want to be on the deep end, keep it light, keep it fun. But essentially, you just want it to feel good. You don't want to be performative when it comes to caring for your spirit. I want you all to be mindful of that, to keep it fun and feel good. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the the performativeness of spirituality and self-care and the performative of healing. and, And it just becomes a task. It becomes a job. Another thing we have to do to be better people or better humans. And it's like, it's not, it's not that it's, you got to do it because it feels good. It does something for you, you know? And I love to to talk about how it's not going to look like everyone else's. And there's no one look of what being spiritual looks like, you know, with the dreads and, you know, hemp clothing and saying grand rising instead of good morning. Like it doesn't have to be all that. I try to look lots of different ways. You can be, be spiritual in Tim's and jeans and a do-rag and be just as spiritual. So Absolutely. I want you to release anything for everyone listening who feels I got to be a certain way. Just release that. Release mm-hmm. any labeling and boxes that you feel spirituality might be in and you'll feel so much freer and lighter and just choose what feels good. I love it. I love it. So you did mention in the beginning of talking about your practices, you mentioned listening to your affirmations. Now, Mm -hmm. when I'm getting ready in the morning, I listen to you to raise Mm -hmm. my vibe. So who do you listen to? What do you listen to to raise your vibe? Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks. That's that's my godmother right there. (laughs) That's my godmother right there. I also listen to Neville Goddard very much because I've been really... I don't talk about it a lot, but I've really been subscribing to the laws of suggestion and the laws of assumption. And it's really challenging. I'm not going to lie. This is hard work. The laws of assumption and laws of suggestion is hard work because it's, 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 it's challenging all you know. Yes. And your thought patterns and And your thought patterns. It's basically saying that I am willing to get rid of all that I know about me and all my beliefs, and, yeah. and I'm, I want to tap into the zero state of being a God and saying, this is what it will be, you know, so Neville Goddard, um, Abraham Hicks, I'm into Teal Swan as well. I'm not familiar um, with her, but I'm going to write oh, her name down. No, she's not popular, but you, she's an underground popular woman, and I don't okay. share her with everybody because but I know that you could rock with Teal Swan. Teal Swan is not for everybody at all. I've been listening to her for, let's say four years now. Yeah, Yeah. Teal Swan is somebody, is for people who are truly have an appetite for supernatural, tapping into their supernatural potential. It's not just, I wanna know about it and I wanna heal. It's like, no, I wanna know what it looks like and feels like and, to activate my supernatural potential. So yes. I, I like Till Swan. So that's who I listen to. Till Swan, Abraham Hicks. I love, oh my goodness, Reverend Williams. What is his, Michael, Michael Beckwith. Beckwith, yes. Michael Beckwith and Lisa Nichols. These are the people that I listen to for sure. Awesome, fantastic. You guys, I hope you wrote those down and let's dig into Till Swan together, y'all. Um, mm-hmm. I love if you like Neville Goddard, you will love, I forget her name, but she wrote The Game of Life and How to Play It and a few other things. She came before Neville and low-key, I'm just making this up. I don't know if this is true. I think she's a name? lot of stuff from her. I forget her name right now. The Game she, of Life and How to Play and It. And how to play it. She also Okay, for um, sure. She also wrote Your Word is Your Wand. Florence Scoville Shin. Okay. Okay. Florence Scoville Shin. She came before Neville and she came before him. And after her work started is when his developed. So I think he took some some stuff from her because she was a woman. And you know, back then, Mm -hmm. anyway, but that's just Mm -hmm. me. I'm just making fake gossip about the past. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. real. Well, I mean, history shows that women have always been the initiation for men into their higher self. So that, that is historically 
like known that yeah. men don't enter that portal unless they're in a cave somewhere on a sabbatical being a monk like mm -hmm. that other if you're not doing that you need a woman to be initiated into those type of enlightenments so more than likely it was a woman that he did probably was Florence who knows but yeah, yeah. but that's yeah so I'm glad I'm gonna check out Teal you check out Florence we'll regroup later and talk about it. okay for sure <laughs> all right okay so let's talk I, I know I just mentioned that I listen to you in the mornings I love it and shout out to Tommy Billingsley who put me on to Tony and made me fall in love with her music so let's talk about this you told us about your journey from what you used to be doing in the life coaching space and how you went into the music industry and you coined the affirmation music term and this niche where you're putting it with the dope music instead of that like meditation wah 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 music all the time mm -hmm. that we hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you made this niche, you created this basically. Mm -hmm. And then all these others started popping up because you pulled that paradigm in for us, thank you. Mm -hmm. You have the I see me mantras, the uh, affirmations for grown ass women. You have five. Mm -hmm. Yes. The get your mind right. The mental health mixtape affirmations and chill. And then the recently released one in November, me versus ever me affirmations of self-love. Okay. What's next? Really? What's next is speaking and performing. I want to give people experiences Mm. that it's like they just can't believe it exists. this is happening like that's what I want them I want them to like I'm creating I have what a mood pack that I, I'm selling right now that complements the album so basically it's a lifestyle mood pack to where you can list it's a listening guide there's an affirmation lyric book so there's songs like worth ethic energy budget the lyrics that's in this book it's sage spray where you sage your spray your 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 space. There's essential oil roller ball. There's a AM PM incense custom. Everything is custom. You guys, um, the link for so, this is in the show notes. Don't go running away from this yes, podcast. The link yes. is in the show notes. Don't worry. We have these amazing shirts that say "Self Love Is Us Love," which is perpetuating and promoting and advocating this message that. The whole reason why, you know, we promote self-love and do self-love is not to go off into an island by ourselves, but to give ourselves more opportunity to experience others and relationships and community in healthier ways. Self-love yeah. is the, literally the only portal to access that, you know. So, you know, whether it's a product, whether it's a event, whether it's virtual or in-person or I'm performing or I'm speaking because I lot, have a lot of dates in a, where I'm speaking this year and performing right. and guiding affirmation meditations. I do that as well for events and parties or things like that. No matter what it is, I want people to feel like, what is this? Like You're I want them healing. to feel something. Yes. You're sound yes, healing, Tony. <laughs> yes, I want, I, but I want everything. I want everything to make them feel themselves yeah. feel that good thing like this like man I feel seen and connected and heard and I matter like and I, I want that to um be infused into everything that I do and create so for sure products and items and creations that complement the affirmation conscious lifestyle you know, like incense, you know, the things that, you know, what we wear, the messages that we wear and clothing, and then just events and experiences like sound healing and, you know, speaking to just, you know, promote that message of talking to yourself better, you know, having healthier, holier self-talk. You are going to transform a lot of lives and your future is a hell of a lot bigger than what you just described. You gave us this little tiny portion of what's to come for Tony. And even oh, as you're I saying know, yeah. it, even mm -hmm. as you're saying it, I feel the the like vastness of what's truly on the way for you. So I'm very mm -hmm. excited to see what actually yeah. comes, despite this little juicy portion that you gave us. Yeah, this but juicy little portion. I mean, I give us a morsel. I, I think I, I think miracles. Y yes. Miracles. Very miracles expansive. Are very expansive miracles. Like 
eye-opening, jaw-dropping miracles that I believe that I am being prepared for to be, you know, to channel that energy through the people who are ready. So I definitely feel that preparation for sure. Good. It's something I've wanted since I was a child. I, I didn't mention this in the interview, but I've said it in other interviews, like growing up in the church, it was like, I never wanted to be a Christian. Like I wasn't trying to be a Christian that dotted all their I's across other T's. I was reading about this guy as a young girl, this man named Jesus that was walking on water and turning water into wine, raising people from the dead, healing the sick, casting out tormenting spirits out of, and energies out of people. I was like, I want to do that. Sign me up for that. Because this already whole kind I was, I was just like this whole getting A's in school, having a great credit score and like that stuff was born. I was like, like, I mean, it's like, I know it's practical and part of this reality, but I was so disenchanted with this system. I was like, if this is real, why aren't we learning how to do this? So I've always had that appetite, but I never held, I never had spaces to have those conversations. So I just found out ways to make myself more palatable, make myself more normal, you know, because I did not hear women talking about how to perform miracles and how to tap into their supernatural potential. I didn't hear that and I didn't see it. So I was just like, maybe that's just weird that I feel and think this way, you know? And so now I look back and I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh, you know? Yeah. So. You are doing this. Literally, that's what you're doing now. You're creating your yeah. for other people. You are yes. unlocking shit for everyone who hears you and it, for whom it resonates. You are unlocking. Yeah. And it's making, miraculous. Yes. It's miraculous. And you're helping us, well, a certain subset of us get to like reach that critical mass where we will tip the balance, where mm-hmm. it's more, more of us who are on that awakened path than not. You're doing big, yes. big work. So thank you. Next thank time somebody you. asks you what's next to you, I want you to be like miracles and big shit. Don't give it. Oh, I'm gonna speak at events and like. Come on. <laughs> I that. You're so right. You're absolutely right. That would definitely be my answer moving forward. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this was amazing. Is there any one message you want to leave with this audience? Or, or or have you poured out? I will. I would just say, have fun. Don't take any of anything seriously. Don't take me too seriously. Have fun. Play a lot. Find out what brings you joy and what feels good to you, and keep doing more of that. Let that be your your guiding light. Like, yeah, that's what I, I encourage and want to leave to you all with. I love that, you guys. A million links are in the show notes for this episode. Some are for, excuse me, Tony's music. Some are for that pack that she mentioned. Just go check out all the links, buy all the things, listen to all the things, okay? And I will see you guys in a week. Tony, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate appreciate you. you a million times a million percent. You guys, I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.